Buck Benny, a two-fisted, quick-triggered marksman who shoots from the hip and never misses. Well, hello again. This is Buck Benny speaking. Tonight's episode, you may be saying, after you listen to a little bit of it, going, wait a minute, didn't I just hear this? This is not an error or a repeat or anything. Uh, Jack sometimes would borrow bits that he used in the past. Usually that works okay for us, sometimes not. In this case... On last Sunday's show, we played the 1228-1947 episode. Well, that's where this dishwasher bit is taken from. It's not copied directly, but it's pretty darn similar. So so you might be hearing things that you go, wait a minute, I've heard that before. Well, Jack does recycle bits sometimes. They didn't expect back then for anybody to be able to hear the shows again five years later. But of course, now with the wonders of technology and internet and podcasts, we can hear these wonderful shows. So knowing that if they had known that, they probably wouldn't have done quite as much repetition as they did. But still, they didn't do all that much of it. The second half of the show is borrowed from the January 6, 1946 episode of the Jack Benny Show. So this is kind of a Frankenstein put together episode. But it's still really good. Uh, after that, we go into having uh, a day with Alice Fay, and you know, if Phil and um, Elliot are going to plan a day for Alice Fay, it's going to be a special day for her. So we'll see how well that goes. And then after that, we get a chance to go bear hunting with Jack, which should be interesting. It's too bad Phil wasn't around. It would have been fun bear hunting with Phil and Jack, but we can still go bear hunting with Jack and have a good time. So enjoy all three episodes, and we'll see you next time. The Jack Benny Program, transcribed and presented by Lucky Strike. You know, folks, nothing, no nothing, beats better taste. And remember... Lucky's taste better. Cleaner, fresher, smoother. Lucky's taste better. Cleaner, fresher, smoother. For Lucky's strike me. Find tobacco richer tasting. Find tobacco. Lucky's taste better. Cleaner, fresher, smoother. Lucky strike. Lucky strike. Friends, I think you'll agree that smoking enjoyment depends on the taste of your cigarette. For nothing, no nothing beats better taste. And Lucky's taste better. Cleaner and fresher and smoother. You see, Lucky's Better Taste starts with fine, mild, good-tasting tobacco. Remember, L-S-M-F-T, Lucky Strike means fine tobacco. But equally important, Lucky's are made better to taste better. Made round and firm and fully packed. That's why Lucky's draw freely, smoke evenly, and give you a cleaner, fresher, smoother taste. So friends, get the one thing you want most in your cigarette, better taste. On your next trip to the cigarette counter, be happy. Go lucky. You'll find... Lucky tastes better. Cleaner, fresher, smoother. Lucky strike. Lucky strike. The Lucky Strike program starring Jack Benny with Mary Livingston, Rochester, Dennis Day, Bob Crosby, the Sportsman Quartet, and yours truly, Don Wilson. Ladies and gentlemen, 
gentlemen, we'd like to take you back to New Year's Day. It's morning, and Jack Benny has just finished his breakfast. Do you want anything else, boss? No, no, that's enough. You know, I never feel like eating too much after a big night out. Oh, yeah, I forgot to ask you. What did you do on New Year's Eve? Well, I went to a nightclub where they gave you all the drinks and all the food you wanted for $6. All the food you wanted, eh? Yeah. Rochester, before you put my tuxedo away, take the lamb chops out of the pocket. <laughs> now, let's, uh, let's get the table cleaned off, and I'll help you with the dishes. Now, I don't want to be late for the Rose Bowl game. Okay, I'll do the dishes. No, no, Rochester, I'll do them. I want to try out that new electric dishwasher I got for Christmas. But, boss, there's something wrong with it. Nonsense. You probably don't know how to operate it. I'll show you how. Now, you put the dirty dishes in like this. And you close the door. Now, you turn on the switch. There, that ought to be enough. And now, to take the dishes out, you open the door like this. There shouldn't be. It's a new machine. I'm going to try it again. Get some more dishes out of the cupboard. But, but boss... Open the cupboard. Okay. What was that? Those are the dishes I washed yesterday. <laughs> I can't understand what's wrong. Neither can I. Put it together the same day that I assembled the other kitchen appliances. Yeah, I don't see why it should break the dishes. Looks all right from the outside. Let's take a look on the inside. Oh, for heaven's sakes, Rochester. Look at the egg beater belongs on the mix master, not in the dishwasher. Then I must have put the part from the dishwasher in the mix master. Why? Oh, this morning I tried to mix a cake. When I turned on the switch, a big arm came out, grabbed me by the back of the neck, threw me in the bowl, and scrubbed me on both sides. What? And before I knew it, I was sitting in the cupboard on a third shelf. He had even put some away for you. <laughs> Rochester, call the appliance company and tell them to come out and fix the machine. I'll get the door. You finish the dishes. Coming, coming. Coming, coming. <laughs> Hello, Polly. Hello, Jack. Oh, hello, Bob. I thought you were going to the Rose Bowl game, too. Well, I am, but I decided to come by here to talk to you first. What about? I'd rather not talk about it here. Can we go in the den? Uh, certainly, Bob. Follow me. Well... Here we are. What is it you want to talk to me about? You close the door first, Jack, please. Okay. What is it, Bob? What is it? Mm, would you mind closing the window? The window? Well, all right. And pull the shade down, too. 
Bob, for heaven's sakes, what's the matter? What do you want to talk to me about? Jack, you've got to stop kidding me about the way that I say Manischewitz. <laughs> Bob, that's not important. After all, it was just a little fluff. Little fluff, little fluff. Quiet, Bob. <laughs> anyway, Bob. Bob, it's nothing to worry about. Well, I know, but you began kidding me about it. My wife began teasing me, and she showed me how that all of our kids could pronounce it. Well, that's not... Wait a minute. Your youngest daughter's only seven months old. She can't even talk. Well, she still says it better than I do. <laughs> No. Yes, and it's not my fault either. I tried to learn how to say it. I must have some sort of a mental block because I can never say it right. Well, look, Bob, let me help you. Don't worry about it. Let me help you. Now, let's break it up into syllables and work on it. Okay. Now, look. Repeat after me. Mana. Mana. Shevitz. Shevitz. Mana Shevitz. Mana Shevitz. <laughs> No, no, look, Bob, let, let's, let's try it again, Bob. Now, don't be nervous. Let's try it again. Now, try it. Mana. Mana. Shevitz. Shevitz. Mana Shevitz. Mana Shevitz. <laughs> Bob, look at once. I know you can get it. Now, let's try it again. Mana. Mana. Shevitz. Shevitz. Mana Shevitz. <laughs> Darn it, now you've got me doing it. Let's try it again. <laughs> what? Mana. 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 Shevitz. Shevitz. Lucky strike. <laughs> you know, Polly is the only smart one here. Now, Bob, stop worrying about a little mistake. It's nothing. After all, your singing is the most important thing. Oh, now, wait a minute, Jack. I'm primarily known as a band leader, not a singer. What are you talking about? You have one of the best voices in the country. I'd be happy if I had the best voice in my family. <laughs> what? Well, I was second till Gary grew up. <laughs> oh. Say, Jack, I better be running along. You, you want me to give you a lift to the game? No, thanks, Bob. Rochester's gonna drive me. Okay, see you later. I'll see you at the door. Oh, there's the phone. Well, you go answer it. I, I can walk to the door myself. Oh, yes, you're different from the other musicians. <laughs> I'll see you later, Bob. So long. So long. Hello? Hello, Jack. This is Don. Oh, hello, Don. I'm waiting for you. I'm afraid you'll have to go to the game without me, Jack. Why? What's wrong? Well, you know that new car, the MG, my wife gave me for Christmas? Oh, yes, Don. That... That little English car. Gee, it's certainly a sporty job. Yeah, I know, but it's been giving me trouble for the last three days. What's the matter? Can't you get it started? No, I can't get it off. <laughs> Look, John. John. 
Well, you really fell on that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I feel on that one. Really bit on that one. Now, Don, hurry over. We still have to pick up my new girlfriend, Iris. I want to take her to the game. Oh, Jack, I've been thinking it over, and I don't feel that I should go with you. But, Don, we were going to the game, and then we were going to come back to my house and have dinner together, make an evening of it. I know, Jack, but it'll be a better without me. After all, you know the old saying, two's company, three's a crowd. Well, Don, in your case, one... No, it's... <laughs> it's a new year. I won't say it. I won't say it. Well, I'll tell Iris. I'll tell Iris you couldn't come. Goodbye. Goodbye. Oh, Rochester. Rochester. Yes, boss. Uh, Mr. Wilson won't be here for dinner tonight. It'll be just the young lady and myself. Yes, sir. Now, Rochester, this young lady, this girlfriend of mine, has never had dinner at my house, and I'd like to impress her. Oh, don't worry, boss. The table is set beautifully. Flowers, and you eat by candlelight. Good, good. What'd you do about the champagne? Same as always. I took a cold bottle of Seven's Up and slapped a mum's label on it. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I've got 11, 17 and a half. Roger. Okay. I want everything to go off smoothly. I'll get it. You finish everything in the kitchen. Yes. Coming, coming. Oh, hello, Dennis. On Wisconsin, on Wisconsin, plunge right through that line. Look, Dennis, Dennis, just, just come in the house. Yes, sir. Run that ball clear round the Rose Bowl, a touchdown sure this time. Dennis, On Dennis. Wisconsin. Dennis. Why are you singing Wisconsin songs? Oh, I'm going to cheer for them today at the game. But why? Because I want Wisconsin to win. Why, Dennis, isn't that being a little disloyal? After all, you've been living here in Southern California for nearly 15 years. Living here, yes, but look where I was born. Oh, you're born in Wisconsin? No, New York. <laughs> Wait a minute, Dennis. This is the start of a new year. Don't make me mad. Okay, but say, Mr. Benny, if you like Southern California and I'm rooting for Wisconsin, maybe we could make a little bet. Well, all right, Dennis. How much would you like to bet? Two million dollars. Oh, two million dollars, eh? Uh-huh. Well, Dennis, may I ask you something? Where in the world would you get two million dollars? I could borrow it from the boys in the band. <laughs> oh, fine. I guess they have two million dollars. Uh-huh. And when, pray tell, did the boys in the band get two million dollars? A couple of years ago from someone named Brinks. <laughs> they did not. They weren't even in Boston at the time. But wait a minute. Remley was off that week. <laughs> No, no, they'd never, they'd never, they'd never stoop to robbery. Oh, no, you ought to see Bagby dressed up as an old woman. <laughs> Love, Dennis, please go to the game. Yes, sir. Goodbye. Bye. Oh, Rochester. Yes, boss? Uh, you better get the car out. I gotta pick up my girl, Iris. <laughs> Gee, Iris, I 
I never saw you look so nice. You're sure pretty when you're all dialed up. This dress cost me 30 bucks. <laughs> well, it certainly looks nice. Boy, am I lucky I met you. You know, Iris, I never would have met you if I hadn't been hungry that night. I'll, I'll never forget. I was driving along looking for a place to eat, and I drove right past Ciro's and the Macombo, and it, it was just fate that made me turn into Simon's drive-in. <laughs> and there, like a vision of loveliness, you came toward me. Gee, you smelled so good. Yeah, it was chicken gumbo night. <laughs> 25 cents a bowl, a meal in itself. Yeah, but I'm really the lucky one. Imagine me going out with a rich guy like you. A guy who can afford to wear a coat with a fur collar. Fur collar? Boss, it slipped off again. <laughs> Never mind, Rochester, and watch your driving. Look at that sign that says speed limit, 25 miles an hour. I got a wide open, but you'll never make it. <laughs> now, Rochester, drive up to the Rose Bowl entrance and let us off. Then you can park the car. Yes, sir. Iris, and hold my hand so we won't get separated. Tickets, tickets. Hold your own tickets, please. Here you are. Hello, Eddie. Hello, Iris. What's the special for tonight? Beef soup and boiled potatoes. Come on, Iris. Forget business for a while. <laughs> okay. Now, let's see. Our seats are in tight. Hi, Jack. Oh, hello, Bob. So you know Iris, don't you? Sure. Say, Iris, are you still working at the Shamrock Cafe? No, I'm back at the drive-in. Jack thought I ought to be outside where it's healthier. <laughs> Darn right. What's the use of being in California if you can't enjoy the sun? Yeah, but I sure wish I could get off the night shift. <laughs> you will, honey. Just save your tips. That's all. I do, but every time I get a little ahead, you want to go to a movie or something. <laughs> well, it won't always be that way, you know. Hey, look who's here. Hi, Iris. Happy New Year. Same to you, Lefty. Lefty? Hmm. You know everybody. That's Lefty Flanagan. What a sport. He always orders a la carte. <laughs> well, don't talk to him. But Lefty's a big tipper. Oh, hiya, Lefty. <laughs> now, let's see. Where do we... Hello, Mr. Benny. Why, Mr. Kitzel! <laughs> Mr. Kitzel, what are you doing here? A question. I'm here to see the game, of course. Oh, oh, do you have, do you have trouble getting tickets? Did I had trouble. I came here the day before they were put on sale, and I stood in line all night. Oh, yes, people do stay in line all night for the Rose Bowl game. What happened in the morning? The box office opened at 7. I waited my turn, bought my tickets, but they turned out to be tickets to a burlesque show. <laughs> tickets to a burlesque show? How could they make a mistake like that? I made the mistake. In the smog, I got in the wrong line. 
Are you here at the game alone? No, I got to meet my wife, which is not here yet. Oh, that's too bad. I'd like to have seen her again. Tell me, has she lost any weight? No, that's why she's delayed. Well, how, could, how could that delay her? She was carrying a corsage of roses, and they thought she was afloat in the parade. <laughs> Oh, Mr. Kitzel, you're joking. Joking, he said. She won second prize. <laughs> what do you know? Yeah. Well, we better get to our seats. I hope you enjoy the game. Oh, this is a certainty. Well, goodbye, Mr. Benny. Goodbye, Mr. Kitzel. Oh, Mr. Benny, you know it's a coincidence running into you today because it was exactly six years ago at the Rose Bowl game that I first met you. Say, that's right. You had a little hot dog stand here. Yeah, and I made so much money from my hot dog stand that I opened a little cafe and sold hamburgers and quick lunches. Well. This too was successful, so I went downtown and I opened up a regular fine big restaurant which became very popular. Isn't that wonderful? Then I built branches in Glendale, Pomona, Burbank, and Pasadena. No. To supply my chain of restaurants, I opened a meatpacking house and my own bakery. Say, your business really grew. Grew hoo hoo. <laughs> Last week, I sold out everything. You did? Yeah, and after paying all my income taxes, I will have enough money. To retire? No, to buy a hot dog stand. <laughs> What? This is my third time around. <laughs> All I can say, Mr. Kitzel, is good luck again. See you later. Goodbye, Mr. Bingham. Well, come on, Iris. Let's get to our seats. Hey, Jack, I'll be right with you. I'm going to go get some programs. Okay, hurry up, Bob. Now, come on, Iris. Our seat should be in this aisle here. Stubbs, please. Let's see the numbers in your stubs. Here you are, Usher. Right this way, up this aisle, the row number... Oh, hello, Iris. Hello, Nick. How are things? Fine. I'm on parole now. <laughs> come on. Come on, Iris. For heaven's sakes. Bob, let's get to our seats. Okay. Here comes the band out on the field. Yeah, and look at there. They're spelling out L-S-M-F-T. Well, naturally. On college campuses all over the country, Lucky Strike sells more than the two other leading brands combined. Hey, don't they look nice marching up and down the field? Boy, just look at them. Boy, what a sight. Rock, rock, 
monkey's prime to feel sharp. Up the smoke you like to be sharp. And get better taste, try a precious smoother monkey's prime. Say... Say, these seats are okay, aren't they? They sure are. Yeah, we can see the whole field swell. Uh, pardon me, folks. Pardon me. <laughs> huh? What do you think I ought to get my wife for Christmas? <laughs> Christmas? Mr. Christmas was a week ago. This is New Year's. You mean it's already 1949? <laughs> Nineteen fifty-three. Oh my goodness! I better get home. <laughs> now go home to your wife. Well, I can't because she's here at the Rose Bowl game. Have you seen her? For heaven's sake! I don't even know your wife. Now leave us alone. Okay. Hap. It's a shame that a guy in that condition being allowed to get out. Yeah. Are you comfortable, Iris? Uh-huh. Only I'm a little hungry. Hungry? Uh, Say, if you want me to, I'll go get some hot dogs. Okay, go ahead, Bob. Bring three hot dogs. Okay, I'll be right back. What about mustard? I got some in my pocket. I came straight from work. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, Bob, just get the Frankfurter. Okay, I'll be right back. You know, Iris, I think this game will be one hey, of the... Pardon me, folks. Pardon me, folks. Oh, no. It's the happy time again. <laughs> what is it now? Have you seen my wife? Look, mister, I never saw your wife in my life. I don't know her. Now, leave me alone. Okay, okay. Happy New Year! Gee, the people get me this football game. Yeah. This wasn't going to be... Hey, look! Look, a guy just jumped out of a plane in a parachute. <laughs> hey, he's trying to land right here at the Rose Bowl. Of all the silly things to do, I wonder who would... Hello, Mr. Benny! Dennis, <laughs> be careful! What a crazy guy. Hey, here I am with the hot dogs, kids. Oh, thanks, Bob. Yeah, thanks. Well, I just got back in time. Hey, look. There comes the USC team out on the field. Boy, they're a husky bunch of guys. And just listen to that crowd. Hey, here they're coming right past us. Hello, Iris! <laughs> Iris, that settles it. I take you to a football game and you know everybody. Well, I can't help it. The boys on the USC football team always eat at the drive-in. They all like me. Well. In fact, they voted me Miss Unnecessary Roughness of 1952. <laughs> I don't care what offer happens. Say, here comes that drunk again. Isn't that all? Say, pardon me, mister. Have you seen my wife? Look. <laughs> I told you I don't even know. Hmm. Hey, Iris. Iris, watch me fix him. What did you say, mister? Have you seen my wife? Yes, yes. As a matter of fact, that's her sitting there two rows in front of us. 
the lady in the red hat. Oh, thank you. I'm sorry I'm late, sweetheart. What took you so long getting here? How do you like that? <laughs> Out of a hundred thousand people, I picked the right one. <laughs> That's amazing. Well, I'm glad you got rid of him so he won't bother us during the game. Say, Bob, you're really a rabid football fan, aren't you? I sure am. In fact, I'm so interested in the game that I'm writing a book based on the life of that all-American linebacker from UCLA. Well, what's the name of the book? I remember Muma. <laughs> Bob, that's one of the worst things. Hey, look, Jack, look, here comes the Wisconsin team. Say, those Wisconsin players look awfully good, too, don't they, Iris? They sure do. Hello, Iris! <laughs> well, that's the last straw. I'm leaving. I'm not even going to stay and see the game. Now, let me tell you something else, Iris. You and I are through. Our engagement is broken. Wait a minute. If you're breaking the engagement, what about the ring? I'm not giving it back to you. <laughs> Goodbye. Ladies and gentlemen, when a feller needs a friend, he needs a helping hand. And the hands of the Big Brothers have helped thousands of growing boys to find the way to a useful life. Be a Big Brother yourself. All you have to invest is your time and your interest. Write Big Brothers of America, Philadelphia 3, Pennsylvania. Thank you. Jack will be back in just a moment, but first... Nothing, no nothing beats better taste. And remember... Lucky's taste better. Cleaner, fresher, smoother. Lucky's taste better. Cleaner, fresher, smoother. For Lucky's strike means fine tobacco, richer tasting. Fine tobacco. Lucky's taste better. Cleaner, fresher, smoother. Lucky strike. Lucky strike. Friends, it stands to reason. The cigarette for you to smoke is the one that tastes better. Because when all is said and done, nothing, no nothing, beats better taste. And Lucky's taste cleaner, fresher, and smoother. You'll agree once you try them, and here's why. Lucky's better taste really begins with fine tobacco. Most anyone can tell you, LSMFT, Lucky Strike means fine tobacco. Fine, light, naturally mild tobacco with a wonderful aroma and even better taste. And Lucky's also taste better because they're made better. They're round and firm and fully packed to draw freely and smoke evenly to give you a cleaner, fresher, smoother smoke. So get the better taste that fine tobacco and a better-made cigarette can give. When you buy cigarettes, ask for Lucky Strike. Be happy, go lucky, get better taste today. Good night, everybody. We're a little late. Be sure to hear The American Way, starring Horace Height for Lucky Strike every Thursday night over the station. I'm sure you'll enjoy this great new program. Consult your newspaper for the time. The Jack Benny program is written by Sam Perrin, Milt Josephsberg, George Balzer, John Packerberry, and produced and transcribed by Hilliard Marks. The Jack Benny program is brought to you by Lucky Strike, product of the American Tobacco Company, America's leading manufacturer of cigarettes. 
Stay tuned now for the Amos and Andy Show, which follows immediately over most of these same stations. This is the CBS Radio Network. RCA Victor, world leader in radio, first in recorded music, and first in television, presents Transcribe, the Phil Harris, Alice Faye Show. For your enjoyment, here is the Phil Harris, Alice Faye Show, written by Ray Singer and Dick Chevrolet, with Elliot Lewis, Walter Tetley, Robert North, Janine Roos, Ann Whitfield, Walter Scharf and his music, and yours truly, Bill Foreman. Everybody makes New Year's resolutions, but nobody makes them like Phil Harris. This year, he's resolved to... But more about that later. First, a word from RCA Victor. Folks, today, two great names. RCA, world leader at radio and television, and Estate, maker of quality stoves since 1842, have been joined to bring you the new RCA Estate range. The RCA Estate range, with its exclusive grill, bake, and barbecue features offers new, unique cooking methods, new flavors, new adventures in cooking. Take the hideaway griddle as designed for greaseless grilling. You will enjoy steaks, sandwiches, fruit, or vegetable rings cooked by this new method better, and much better for you than frying. Then there's RCA Estates Barbecuer Separate Meat Ovens. Its radiant heat, just like glowing charcoal, gives real barbecued flavor to roasts, hams, and chickens. The barbecuer lets you cook your meat while the big RCA Estate Balanced Heat Bake Oven is busy with pies or cakes. Both ovens are automatically controlled to turn on or off while you're out shopping, saving you precious hours. Stop at your RCA Estate dealers and ask to see an RCA Estate, the range used by the nation's foremost authority on good food, Duncan Hines, in his own kitchen. Remember, for the finest in gas or electric ranges, it's RCA Estate. And now the stars of the RCA Victor program, Alice Faye and Phil Harris. <laughs> On New Year's Eve, Phil and Elliot went to a party sponsored by the Musicians Union. It was quite an affair. And the boys haven't seen each other since then. And now as we look in, Elliot has just come over to the Harris house to see Phil. Well, how you feel this morning, Curly? Like a $2 coronet. <laughs> One that's been hanging in a cold hawk shop window. <laughs> we overdid a little bit, didn't we, Clyde? Well, I don't know. We're still alive. This is living. <laughs> Look, Elliot, we got to make a New Year's resolution to cut it out. You're absolutely right, Good. Curly. All right, now here's a resolution. Starting today, we both agreed to give up drinking. Right. Thing I'm going to give up drinking is water. <laughs> How about you? Well, I was thinking of papaya juice. <laughs> or my ostrich egg flips. <laughs> but maybe water would be. No, look now, Elliot, we're going to do this right. I got a list here of things that we're not going to do anymore. Mm -hmm. Now, listen closely to this. Yeah. We hereby resolve to give up drinking, smoking, gambling, and carousing. Now, let's sign this paper. All right, we'll sign your paper first, then we'll sign mine. What's yours? A suicide pact. 
<laughs> oh, but this time I'm keeping my resolutions And I got a few others, too Look, I'm giving up all my bad habits Especially the one vice that's been ruining my life More than anything else What's that? You <laughs> You're giving me up? Not all at once I'll cut down on you gradually I may even have to take a cure To get all right, rid of you All right, Curly all... all right Now, what's this all about? I've suddenly realized that I've been neglecting my wife all because of you. Mm -hmm. Whenever you go anyplace, you insist that I go with you. And then poor Alice has to sit home alone. You know, you're right, Curling. I have been thoughtless. I tell you what I'll do. From now on, whenever I go anyplace, I'll take Alice with me and you can sit home alone. <laughs> That's not exactly what I had in mind. <laughs> Look, I'm going to spend more time with my wife I've been neglecting her for 12 years But starting today, I'm going to be a model husband I am not going to leave her side Curly, you can't do that We're supposed to leave on a three-day duck hunting trip tonight I don't care if... Duck hunting, huh? Yeah <laughs> Well, I've been neglecting her for 12 years Three more days <laughs> No, no, look I'm not going to put this off, Elliot I've been taking Alice for granted, but from now on, that's going to change. I'm going to stop acting like her husband and start acting like her boyfriend. I don't think you can. He's much younger than you are. <laughs> she ain't got no boyfriend. Look, I'm going to make love to her, Elliot. I'm going to make love to her the way I used to when we were courting. I'm going to sweep her into my arms. I'm going to crush her to me and shower her with burning kisses. I hope she can still take it. <laughs> Better make the kisses lukewarm for a starter. Curly, don't flatter yourself. It's been a long time since you've been a lover boy. Your technique may be a little rusty. Yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe I should go into training. <laughs> maybe I ought to get a couple of sparring partners and brush up. <laughs> Have you tried this romantic approach on Alice yet? No, no, she's out shopping But as soon as she gets back from the market I'm gonna let her know that her husband is still her lover mm -hmm. I'm gonna prove to her I'm that... I'm home, honey, and... Darling! You're back at last <laughs> Every moment you've been away has seemed like an eternity But now that you're back, my precious one I can live again I must be in the wrong house I'm sorry, mister <laughs> I thought you were my husband I'm more than your husband I'm your sweetheart The same freckle-faced boy You married 12 years ago <laughs> And I've missed you, my sweet Come into my arms So I can crush you to my bosom Oh, Phil, be careful of these groceries I'm carrying I forget everything when I see you, sweetheart I just want to take you in my arms and squeeze you like this <laughs> You're getting brittle, Myrtle <laughs> Your bones are cracking like an old man's knee Phil those were the eggs I was carrying You've broken every one of them This guy's clever He can make love and scramble eggs at the same time <laughs> What's the matter? What's come over you? Love! Mad, wild, impetuous love <laughs> Oh, I knew I shouldn't have bought him That Marilyn Monroe ashtray <laughs> Well, 
Well, what's wrong with Nothing's you? Nothing's wrong, honey. Can a man be in love with his wife? I haven't told you for a long time, but I think you're beautiful. You still possess the same qualities that made me take you for my wife. You have the same sparkling personality, the same beautiful face, the same slim figure. And the same fat bank account. <laughs> That has changed It's put on a little weight <laughs> Phil, why this sudden burst of affection? It isn't sudden, dear It's always been there But I've been thoughtless and haven't shown it And I'm gonna make up for that Well, that's very sweet of you, honey I'm gonna act just the way I used to when I first met you Do you have to? <laughs> Please, I think ours was a beautiful romance and I've made up my mind to marry you The first time I saw you I knew that I wanted to marry you The very first time I laid my eyes on you You were singing with Rudy Valley's band Ooh, those pains <laughs> <laughs> And I used to come in every night, honey I'd sit there enthralled And I got a thrill every time you picked up your megaphone and sang Raise the steins to dear old Maine Shout till the rafters ring That was Rudy how do you like that? <laughs> I married the wrong person <laughs> No, but Alice, I used to love the way you sang And I still do In fact, I want you to sing for me right now Oh, now you're talking sense You'll be out of here in no time I doubt it, I <laughs> doubt it It takes an earthquake to move a mountain it's a typhoon to turn up the sea But what does it take to make you take to me? It takes a heat wave to melt an iceberg It takes a blossom to bother a bee But what does it take to make you take to me? You could have your way Any way you want You could have the moon The moon, the moon Anything you say Say. Only say it soon When you're around it takes a feather To knock me over It takes a nitwit to tell you I'm free Cause baby I'm just your humble servant Making this fervent plea What does it take to make you take to me To me, to me, to me We don't believe in letting problems hang around unsolved Involved. It takes a windstorm to blow down buildings. It takes a shipwreck to create debris. But what does it take to make you take to me? It takes a rainstorm to melt a snowdrift. It takes a big ship to sail on the sea. No, but what does it take to make you take to me? You could have your way You could have the moon Anything you say Only say it soon When you're around it takes a feather To knock me over It takes a nitwit to tell you I'm free Cause baby I'm just your humble servant Making this fervent plea What does it take to make you
was lovely, Alice. <laughs> Wasn't it, Curly? Yeah. And now, Alice, if you'll get your best clothes on, I'm going to take you wherever you want to go. This is your day. Oh, that'll be fun. Now, first of all, we'll go to my dressmaker for a fitting. Then to the hairdressers for a couple of hours. Then we'll go to the Garden Girls of America for the flower arranging class. From there, we'll go to Mother's for tea. That'll bring us home just in time to spend a nice evening with my knitting class. And then, Phil, we'll... Phil, where'd he go? I'm down here on the floor with a teaspoon and a needle. <laughs> what happened? Oh, the excitement was too much for me. I blacked out. <laughs> I'm spending a day with the Garden Girls of America, so I... Ooh, hold me, I'm starting to go again. <laughs> now, look, you needn't be sarcastic. You asked me what I want to do, and I told you. I know, honey, but I want you to have fun. I want, I want to take you to romantic places where the two of us can really enjoy ourselves. Now, let me plan the day. All right, dear. What do we do? Okay. Now, we're going to start out by going down to the pool room and shooting a few games of snooker. <laughs> then we'll go over to the barber shop and get a haircut, shampoo, shave, the whole works. We get it all. Then down to the Follies for a burlesque matinee, and then we'll top it off by going to the Main Street gym and watch the fighters work out. Uh, can I go like this, or should I wear me broken nose and cauliflower ear? <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Rocky. <laughs> Phil, I'm not going That's appreciation A guy tries to get romantic And his wife turns him down Yeah, well, you tried, Curly Now let's forget her And go duck hunting Hey, that's right You fellas were supposed To go duck hunting tonight When are you leaving? Right now Come on, Curly Wait a minute I ain't going Alice, I'm staying with you Oh, but Phil You can go duck hunting No, sir I'm not going to do anything Without you I ain't Hey, wait a minute Hey, I got a wonderful idea Alice, why don't you go Duck hunting with me and Elliot? I wish I was dead <laughs> Phil, I don't know anything about duck hunting I wouldn't enjoy it Now, don't it. tell me no, what you'll enjoy I say you'll love it Won't she, Elliot? No <laughs> She will, too Alice, it's a great sport It's very exciting Well, I suppose I could try it Is it really a lot of fun? Oh, gobs and oodles <laughs> You'll just love getting up at 3 o'clock in the morning The cold, damp air is so invigorating then we get out to the marsh. We have to be quiet so you get on your stomach and crawl out to that nice, wet duck blind. <laughs> then you have to be perfectly still. You just lie there for about three hours. You can't move. Why not? You're frozen stiff. <laughs> but then comes the exciting part. I blow the duck call. The ducks come flying over. Curly raises his gun and shoots them, and they fall. What do I do? You swim out, grab the ducks in your teeth, and swim back. <laughs> And no nibbling on the way back <laughs> You please keep quiet, Elliot Alice, you won't have to grab no ducks in your teeth We'll tie a bag around your neck for charity You fellas think I'm going swimming after ducks, you're crazy Look, honey, we're only kidding What are you talking <laughs> Look you're going to get a big thrill out of bagging your first duck. Will you believe me? Well, how do you go about it? What do you have to do? Honey, it's a cinch. The main thing is the way you approach the duck. Uh, you... Wait a minute. I'll show you what I mean. Elliot, you get down on your knees and pretend you're a duck. <laughs> Why do I have to be the duck? You're the only one with webbed feet. <laughs> now, get down there. Now, look, Alice, you go out in the other room, and when he starts quacking, you wiggle in on your stomach and see if you can sneak up without his hearing you. Go ahead. Oh. Phil, I don't want to wiggle in on my stomach Don't argue Now, if you're going to go duck hunting, you have to know how to do it Now, go outside and wait for the duck call Go ahead 
All right, Elliot, let's hear your duck call. Honk, 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 honk. Are you a duck or a Model T calling? <laughs> Look, give me something that sounds like a duck, will you, please? Hey, Alice, get ready to wiggle in now. Go ahead, Elliot, duck it. Quack, quack. That's better. Quack, 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 quack. A little louder. Quack, 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 quack. Anybody home, my brother? Quack, 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 quack. What if it ain't Tom Swift and his electric goose? <laughs> he would have to drop in at a time like this. Look, Julius, Mr. I... Mr. Harris, I'm hurt. You didn't buy this goose at our market. We don't sell him that mangy looking. Don't be a wise guy, Julius. That's Mr. Lewis, and he ain't a goose. He's a duck. Huh? How long has he been a duck? Not long. He went to Denmark and got hold of a quack doctor. <laughs> he just flew back today. Mr. Harris, I don't want you to think I'm nosy, but what are you jerks up to now? What do you mean? Nothing unusual is happening. Nothing unusual? He's squatting there like he's laying an egg, and you tell me, me... Oh, no. What's the matter, kid? Look, there's a blonde water moccasin wriggling in the... <laughs> That's Alice. She ain't no water moccasin. A salmon swimming upstream? Will you keep out of this? Alice, you're not doing it right. Your movements are too jerky. You're supposed to slide smoothly. Why don't you butter her stomach? <laughs> Will you please get out of here? We could use chicken fat to make her glide better. <laughs> no, the ducks would smell her coming and it'd kill the whole thing. No, we better. Phil, Phil, can I get up Honey, now? Honey, I want you to stay down there. You haven't shot a duck yet. Curly, let her get up. She don't want to go Be duck. quiet, will you? You're still a duck. Now, look, while Alice is lying there, Elliot, you fly over. I ain't gonna do it. <laughs> Why not? I don't feel like flying today. <laughs> <laughs> Look, kid Don't stand there, Donald Put it in your tail feathers and take off <laughs> Curly, this is silly and I ain't gonna do it It ain't silly and you're gonna do it If you wanna go hunting with us I'm gonna show Alice how to shoot a duck Now, will you come on, Elliot? Start flying All right Flap, flap, quack, quack, flap, flap, quack, quack, flap, flap, quack, quack, flap, flap, quack, quack, flap, quack, quack, All right, Alice, get your gun ready. Here he comes. Fire! Flap, flap, ooh. You got him, Alice, on your first shot. Look, he's falling. And splash. Oh, nuts, he fell in the water. Now I'll have to row out and get him. I think I heard enough. <laughs> I'm getting out of here. I'll show you to the door, kid. Oh, don't get out of your swamp for that. <laughs> I'll manage. Fortunately, I brought me collapsible submarine with me. All right, Julius. Will you... Tower closed, periscope down, prepare to crash dive. Here we go. That 
kid really flipped his lid. Curly, can I stop being a duck? I'm starting to mold. <laughs> Bill, forget the whole thing. I don't want to go duck hunting. Now, don't argue. This is to make you happy, and you're going whether you like it or not. <laughs> Just trying to brief you so that you'll know what you're doing. Otherwise, you can get in as much trouble hunting as the preacher. What preacher? The one that went after the bear. I better do this with music. A preacher went out walking, t'was on one Sunday morning. It was against his religion, but he took his gun along. He shot himself some mighty fine quail and one little measly hare. But on his way returning home, he met a great big grizzly bear. Now the bear got down in the middle of the road, on all fours like a great big toad, and looked that preacher right square in the eye. And the preacher looked at him and said, bye-bye. Preacher got up, took out the run. The bear right after that preacher did come, and he run, and he run for about a mile. And the preacher sat down and rested a while. Preacher got up. Started again, bear right after him with more vim And he ran and he ran till he spotted a tree Said, up on the limb, it's the place for me Bear reached up, made a grab for him Preacher leaped and he made the limb Pulled himself up and turned about Cast his eyes to the skies and he did shout Oh Lord, you delivered Daniel from the lion's dam Also delivered Jonah from the belly of the whale And then the brute children from the fiery furnace Of the good book do declare, yes, Lord If you can't help me for goodness sake, don't help that bear just about then that limb let go and the preacher come tumbling down Reached in his pocket, pulled his razor out just before he hit the ground He hit the ground with an awful bang, it was a terrible sight That preacher and the bear with a razor in his hair just a cut and left and right Well they rolled around on the ground, the preacher was up and then he was down The bear let out an awful moan and looked like the preacher was holding his own Said if I get out of here alive of that good book, I will abide I'll never sin on Sabbath day and Sunday come I'll pray and pray and do the heavens. He did glance at Lord, just give me one more chance. Then his suspenders gave away, and he knocked that bear ten feet away. Preacher got up, made a bound for the tree where he'd be safe and sound. Pulled himself up and turned about, cast his eyes at the skies, and he did shout, Oh Lord, you delivered Daniel from the lion's den. Also delivered Jonah from the belly of the whale, and then the Hebrew children from the fire of punished. The good book do declare, yes, Lord. If you can't help me, for goodness sakes, don't help that bear. Now look, Alice, about that duck hunting trip, I'll have to show you how to handle a gun because... Hey, wait a minute, that reminds me, I ain't got no gun for you. I got it. Hey, wait here, I'll go over to Mr. Scott's house and borrow but one. Phil, now I... don't go away, because I'll be right back. This is ridiculous. <laughs> Women shouldn't go on hunting trips with guys. Well, I don't want to go, but Phil won't take no for an answer. I'm frightened of guns. I don't know how to shoot. Hey, it gives me an idea. Maybe we could scare Curly out of taking you. What do you mean? Well, as soon as he comes back with the gun, you grab it and take a couple of pot shots at him. <laughs> Try to miss him a little. <laughs> oh, Elliot. Elliot, that's too dangerous. He'll think I'm trying to kill him. Yeah, that's it. If we can make him think you're trying to do away with him, he won't take you hunting with him. Oh, I'm not shooting any guns at my husband. No, no, you don't have to. All you've got to do is make Curly think you're anxious to go hunting with him, and my insurance agent friend will take care of the rest. What's the insurance agent for? If Curly thought you were taking out a policy on his life just before you go hunting with him, he wouldn't want to take Elliot. it. Elliot. Hmm? Elliot, do you think we, we ought to do it? This calls for drastic measures. I'll call my friend Nelson and get him over here. I'll tell him to lay it on good. Okay. 
honey, honey, I'm back, and here's the gun. Oh, goody, I can't wait to get started on this hunting trip. Wait a minute. I thought you didn't want to go. I changed my mind. I'm anxious to go. Give me that gun. I can't wait to get out there and point this gun at a duck like Hold this. Hold it a minute. And, Don't and, point that uh, thing at uh, me. Uh, huh? I ain't no duck. You've got to be careful with guns, honey. That's liable to be an accident. Oh, uh, don't worry about that. I'm taking care of it. I figured one of us might get shot while hunting, so I'm taking out an insurance policy on your life. <laughs> makes you think I'm going to get shot. I'm going to be the... Oh, Alice, Alice. That must be my insurance agent friend. Oh, yes. Come in. Oh, hello. Are you Mr. Nelson? Yes. <laughs> well, I'm Mrs. Harris. Yeah, how do you do? <laughs> hey, which one of these guys are you shooting in the duck hunting accident? <laughs> well, this is my husband. Look, mister, Ooh, I... you're a big one. <laughs> You. What kind of an insurance salesman is this? What company are you with, bud? Yeah, I'm with the National. If you go duck hunting with your wife, we'll give you eight to five. You don't come back alive, insurance company. <laughs> I don't need no insurance. You stay out of this. I'm here to see your wife. Uh, Mrs. Harris, may I suggest our all-inclusive policy? Oh, what's that? Well, if you kill your husband while you're out duck hunting, you get $100,000 and all the ducks he got before you got him. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that a wonderful policy? Ew, that's peachy. <laughs> I knew you'd like it. I think I heard enough. Beat it, mister. Look, we don't need you around here because I ain't going duck hunting. Oh, you're just an old yellow belly. <laughs> I said beat it. Maybe you'd better go, Mr. Nelson. You're very well, I'll go. But don't worry, Blondie, we'll get him yet. Yeah, I'll mail you a brochure on our slow poison policy. <laughs> Hunting accident, slow poison policy. Alice, are you trying to do me in? Oh, don't be silly. Look, Phil, if you want me to go duck hunting with you, I'll go. Well, don't you trust me? Well, of course I do, but I ain't taking you hunting. We'll go someplace else instead. Where? To your knitting class. And now, if you'll excuse me, I have something to do. Where are you going? Upstairs to file the points off of your knitting needles. I ain't taking no chance. <laughs> Alice and Phil will be back in just a moment. Your radio can give you long and faithful service if it's given regular and proper care. So if you notice your radio isn't up to par, if, for example, the volume rises and falls unexpectedly, or the sound is tinny, or if there's an annoying hum in the background, see your local radio serviceman. He has the proper testing equipment to find the source of radio troubles. And he's a radio expert trained to adjust and repair your radio to restore it to its original performance. If worn-out receiving tubes are the cause of your radio's poor performance, your neighborhood radio man will be glad to install top-quality RCA tubes. He knows from experience that RCA radio tubes last longer and give the best service. Always insist on RCA tubes. They're the industry's finest, yet they cost no more. <laughs> Thank you. 
Hey, this is Phil. I got a big thrill, ladies and gentlemen, and all you wonderful listeners out there tonight. I have all the boys from the wonderful Wisconsin football team that were nice enough to come down to say hello to Alice and me. I know that you mothers and fathers and you brothers and sisters back there are wondering how they're doing. I just want to tell you that they look wonderful. They look in great shape. And I want them all to stand up and give you a little greeting. Now, mothers, get up close to the radios because actually these are all your sons. Are you ready, fellas? Thank you very much. Good night, everybody, and thanks for listening. Good night, everybody. Included in this program transcribed was Frank Nelson. The part of Julius was played by Walter Tetley. You'll hear music that's excitingly different. Music that starts a new trend in the popular field when you get RCA Victor's latest album, New Directions in Music. In this new album, Eddie Sauter and Bill Finnegan, the talented arrangers turned band leaders, turn loose their unlimited musical imagination. And the entire album of eight colorful selections costs only $2.80 on 45 extended play records or $3 on long play records. Ask for RCA Victor's new Sauter Finnegan album, New Directions in Music, at your dealers tomorrow. Next, hear Theater Guild on the air over NBC. Well, hello again. This is Buck Benning speaking. Welcome to another episode of the Jack Benning Show from the 1942-1943 season. We continue on without our good friend Phil, because he's off in the Merchant Marines. Uh, Abe Lyman has stepped in in this episode. We've had Benny Goodman and Abe Lyman so far. We'll have some other guest conductors step in. I uh, hope you're enjoying all of them. Uh, tonight we have an episode with Jack and a bear. Um, can never pass up Jack uh, having issues with animals. They're always good episodes. So anyway, enjoy it, and we'll see you next time. The Grape Nuts Flakes program coming to you from Bangor, Maine, where we are broadcasting for pilots and ground crew of Dow Field and starring Jack Benny with Mary Livingston, Dennis Day, Rochester, yours truly, Don Wilson, and our guest conductor, Abe Lyman. Have you ever noticed the way a man greets his wife before breakfast? He says, uh, oh, hello, wife. Sounds pretty glum, doesn't he? But just sit that same grumpy guy down to a big, tempting bowl full of delicious, toasty brown grape nuts flakes. Just let him sample that wide-awake, malty-rich goodness, and he'll manage time out to say, Hello, darling. Gee, but these grape nuts flakes take swell. Yes, ma'am, that's the kind of morning magic you can work any day in the week with those delicious, sweet-as-a-nut grape nuts flakes, thanks to the super-swell flavor that's so entirely different from any other flake cereal because it's a rich two-grain blend of sun-ripened wheat and malted barley. So get set for swell-tasting breakfast and get set for plenty of praise. 
by asking your grocer for delicious toasty brown grape nuts flakes in the 12-ounce economy-sized package. Buddy played by the orchestra. Now, ladies and gentlemen, from the Bangor Opera House in Bangor, Maine, we bring you a comedian you'll get, get a, a big bang, bang out of, Jack, Jack Benny. Benny. Thank you, thank you. Hello again, this is Jack Benny talking. And Don, I could see that introduction coming a mile away. That's a pretty corny build-up to get me in front of all these boys from Dow Field. That's right, Jack. The old opera house is packed to the rafters. Imagine all these soldiers turning out to see us on a cold night like this. Oh, I don't think it's so very cold up here. Why, I'm as warm as toast myself. Why not? You got more fat on you than a ten-cent pork chop. No kidding. Now, wait a minute, Jack. I'm not so fat. Oh, no? I wish I had a nickel for every time your girdle had a nervous breakdown. <laughs> and don't tell me it isn't cold here. I slept under 12 blankets last night. I felt like the bottom wheat cake. <laughs> you know, Don, weather like this... Come in. Mr. Benny? Yes? On behalf of the fishermen of Penobscot Bay, I'd like to present you with this real live lobster. Well, thanks very much. I'll have him for dinner. Oh, he's had dinner. Why don't you take him to a movie? <laughs> Isn't that sweet? A live lobster. Everybody's so nice up here. You know, Don, I'll never forget that reception at the station when we arrived. They had tanks and jeeps and sleighs, soldiers, Indians... You know, a real Indian drove me from the station to my hotel. Are you sure he was a real Indian? I think so. When he left, he had my toupee hanging from his belt. <laughs> and I bought it just for this cold weather. Oh, hello, Mary. Hello, Jack. Hi, fellas. Well, Mary, here we are in Bangor, the easternmost city in the United States. Yeah. Just think, a few weeks ago, we were in sunny California, and here we are on the rock-bound coast of Maine. Yes, ma'am. Boy, what a walk. <laughs> we didn't walk, we took the train. But you know, Mary, the way we've been traveling lately, we're gypsies. Regular gypsies. That reminds me. I wish you'd quit playing your fiddle every time we stop off at a railroad station. <laughs> oh, the few pennies I pick up hardly pay for the rosin. <laughs> Forget it. And dangling Dennis Day out of the window on a string. Never mind. People know he's not a monkey. Well, as long as Dennis believes it, that's all that's necessary. Here comes a kid now. Hello, Dennis. Boy, am I sick of peanuts. That's it, Dennis. Tip your little red hat. And listen, kid, you don't have to live on peanuts. While you're up here in Maine, eat seafood. Seafood is what this place is famous for. Well, personally, I think they overdo it a little. What do you mean? Well, I ordered breakfast this morning, and the waiter brought me an order of clam and eggs. 
Well, that's what I mean. Everything is seafood here. Yesterday was my birthday, and they brought me a codfish cake with a candle on it. What? I don't care much for codfish, but the candle was delicious. Well, Dennis, I didn't know yesterday was your birthday. Why didn't you give me a hint and I'd have gotten you a present? Well, gee, I wrote you a note and went up to your room at the Banger House and pinned it onto your pillow. Oh, was that your note? I thought it was from the chambermaid and I sent her a bottle of perfume. <laughs> uh, channel number five. That's Chanel number five. This was Channel. It came straight from the Penobscot River. <laughs> Anyway, Dennis, when I go shopping tomorrow, I'll get you something for your birthday. Now, what do you want? Would a gold wristwatch be asking too much? Yes. And now, ladies and gentlemen, uh, Dennis Day will sing... Go away, kid. Go away. Uh, Dennis Day will sing a delightful number written by Cole Porter called the... Come in. Uh, special delivery for Jack Benny. Uh, take it, Mary. Wait a minute, bud. Here's a tip for you. Oh, boy, a nickel. Now I can call up my wife and tell her to get that man out of the house. I knew he'd appreciate it. Who's the letter from, Mary? Uh, let's see. Uh, F-I-L. It's from Phil Harris. Oh, good old Phil. Boy, he's in the Merchant Marine now. Uh, what does he say, Mary? Uh, dear Jackson, here I am in the Navy, and I can't tell you how much good it has done me. Well. Remember those bags I used to have under my eyes? Well, they gave me a cap that was too big, and now you can't see him. You must be the picture of health from the nose up. <laughs> my work here is almost the same as when I was a band leader, except that I have a much longer baton, and there's a mop on the end of it. Scrubbing the floor, eh? Frank Remley, my guitar player, is going to make a wonderful sailor. He has finally learned how to salute without sticking his thumb in his eye. I knew he'd make good. Uh, no more news, Jackson, but before I close, I want to thank you very much for that cigarette you sent me. Hmm. Um, me and the boys enjoyed it very much. What's he talking about? I sent him a whole package of cigarettes. Happy New Year and love to the whole gang from Barnacle Phil the Sailor. And if you're listening in, Phil, Happy New Year to you and all the boys at Catalina. Okay, let's have your song, Dennis. Be so nice 
You'll be so nice to come home to Sung by Dennis Day And very good, Dennis Thanks, Mr. Benny And I want to dedicate that number To a very sweet girl I met at the Peacock Room last night Betty Lou Bumgarter If you remember, Dennis I introduced you to Miss Bumgarter uh, I met her first What do you mean you met her first? You were both sitting at a table And she came over and took your order I'm not talking about the waitress I mean the beautiful girl Dennis and I danced with And what a dress she had on Wow! Well, it was a rather daring outfit One of those strapless evening gowns I got so nervous I made her put on my suspenders <laughs> Yes, Dodo, when you got up to dance with her Your pants fell down <laughs> Anyway, Dennis, you owe me for half the dinner What about the cab fare for taking Betty Lou home? I ought to pay half of that, too uh, No, no, Dennis If you remember, you didn't ride with us I, uh, I took Betty Lou home alone Oh, yeah? That wasn't a spare tire hanging on the back, brother What? Were you peeking through that window, Dennis? I never saw so much kissing in all my life Now, wait a minute, young man I never kissed Betty Lou once I mean the cab driver after you fell asleep <laughs> Oh, so that's why he wouldn't take a tip well, anyway, kid, we'll straighten out what you owe me later. Now, where's Abe Lyman? It's about time for a number. Well, I've been looking all over for Abe, and he doesn't seem to be around. That's funny. He knows the program starts at 7 o'clock. You'd think that... Oh, after... here he is now. Hiya, Jack. Sorry I'm late. Hello, fellas. <laughs> I was wondering why you weren't around, Abe. Where you been? Well, it took me a long time to get here. I'm living over in Bath, a hundred miles away. You're living in Bath, Maine? Yeah, I got a room in Bath like you told me to. <laughs> I told you to get a room and bath. And, and. I met at the Bangor House of the Penobscot Exchange. Well, ain't I the big jerk? You... <laughs> You certainly are <laughs> Believe me, from now on when we're traveling around I'm going to write everything down on a piece of paper and give it to you Who'll he get to read it to him? No, Abe can read, he can write a little too Say, Abe, how do you like it up here in Maine? Swell, you know, I've never been here before Well, it doesn't take him long to get acquainted Get a load of those three girls he brought to the show Where, where, where? Wait till I get my glasses Oh, yeah, yeah, standing in the wings yeah, I like that tall one there. Hello, honey. Hi, sweetheart. <laughs> What's that? That's the electrician. The girls are on the other side. <laughs> oh. oh, yes, yes. Three girls. Yeah, well, I got to hand it to you, Abe. You're a regular Casanova. Casanova? Yeah. Say, is that Lou Nova's brother? Yes, yes. <laughs> 
In a way, only Casanova was more of a wrestler than a boxer, you know? Anyway, Abe, isn't it a thrill for all of us to be broadcasting way down east in Maine? Maine in the wintertime, with its snow-covered hills, its rivers frosted by Mother Nature, and snowflakes fluttering down on the peaceful countryside. Ah, you're right, Jack. And there's only one thing more beautiful than snowflakes fluttering down from the sky. What's that, Don? Grape nut flakes fluttering from the big 12-ounce economy-sized package. Hmm. And everybody loves them, Jack, because they contain iron, niacin, and vitamin B1. Snowflakes? No, grape nut flakes. Oh, 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 I see. And I tell you, Jack, it's a real thrill when you wake up in the morning, rush over to close the window, and feel them beating against your face. Grape nut flakes? No, snowflakes. Oh, 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 of course, snowflakes. And when you jump into your clothes and rush downstairs, what do you find waiting for you on the breakfast table? A nice big bowl. And what's in that bowl? Fish flakes. I mean, snowflakes. I mean, grape nut flakes. I'll get fired for this. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, a bowl of toasty brown sweet is a nut grape nuts flake. Thirty years in show business, and I had to make a mistake like that. Play, Lyman. Thank heaven I got a little chicken farm in Waukegan. <laughs> song played by Abe Lyman and his orchestra and with a vocal chorus by everybody in the audience. Boy, could we have used Rudy Valley tonight. <laughs> Say, before I forget it, tomorrow night you and your band and our whole gang are giving a show for the boys at the Boston Navy Yard. Tomorrow night? I thought you were all going to stay up here and go bear hunting tomorrow. No, no, I went bear hunting yesterday. Had a lot of fun, too. Fun? <laughs> Tell them what happened. Tell them what happened. Tell them what happened. <laughs> Nobody's interested. Oh, I am, Mary. Now, tell us all about it. Well... Oh. Well, it seems that Jack promised Miss Baumgarter a new fur coat. I did not. So he bought a gun and went out to bag a bear for his bag. (laughs) 
not a bag. She's very cute. She got better looking legs than Lieutenant Olson. <laughs> I heard about that, fellas. Go ahead, Barry. Anyway, Friday afternoon, Dennis, Jack, Rochester, and myself drove up to Guernsey's Winter Sports Lodge, and the next morning, must have been about 5 a.m., I heard the alarm clock ringing in Jack's room. Holy smoke, it's 5 o'clock already. Mr. Benny, wake up. Wake up, Mr. Benny, wake up! And as President of the United States, I hereby promise Hetty... Oh, hello. <laughs> hello, Dennis. What's the matter? If you want to go out bear hunting, we better get started. Yeah. Gee, it's chilly this morning. I bet it's below zero in here. You sure look funny, Mr. Benny. The cold cream is all froze to your face. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like I've been varnished. Well, I might as well take my morning shower. A shower? There isn't any hot water. What do I care? I can take it. Well, here goes. Woo! 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 I tell you, Dennis. Woo! Woo! There's, there's nothing like a cold shower to wake you up in the morning. When are you going to get underneath it, Mr. Benny? <laughs> I wouldn't get under that thing for a million dollars. Well, that's that. Come on, kid. I'm hungry. Let's go out to the kitchen and have breakfast. Anyway, fellas, after breakfast, Jack went over to Rochester's room. Had an awful time getting him away. You could hear Jack yelling at the top of his voice. Rochester! Hey, Rochester! <laughs> Come on, Rochester. We gotta get going. <clears throat> Rochester, wake up! <clears throat> what time is it, sugar? Five thirty, and it's me. Now kick those blankets off and get your clothes on. I ain't had my clothes off since we left California. Well then, get up. And listen, what's the idea of wearing those earmuffs in bed? That's so I don't have to look all over my ears in the morning. Now, Rochester, quit stalling. I'll give you just three to get out of that bed. One, two, three. Rochester! If you don't get up right away, I'm going to put you under a cold shower. That does it. Yeah, come on. I thought so. Now, hurry up. We're all waiting for you. We'll get started in a few minutes, Mary. Now, where's that Indian guide? He should be here by now. What do you want a guide for? Because they know where the hunting's good. They're leading me right to the bear and the moose and the ducks. I'd sure like to get a mess of ducks. How can you have the heart to shoot a duck when you walk like one? <laughs> Naturally, I... I walk a little funny. I'm wearing snowshoes. That must be our guide now. Come in. Well. 
<laughs> well, well, hello there. You bottom Indian guide? That's right. What's your name? Why, me, Chief Leaping Goose. <laughs> How? How? Dee do. Leaping goose. How many strings of beads you want them for being guide? No beads, brother. Strictly cash. All right, I'll give you five dollars. Well, we might as well get started. Hand me those two sweaters, Mary. Two more? You've got on eight already. Well, it's cold. My teeth were chattering all night. Well, why didn't you keep them in your mouth where it's warm? Don't be funny. Hand me that uh, sweater, Dennis. Here you are. Gee, this is a pretty sweater. Where'd you get it, Mr. Benny? It's one uh, Lana Turner wore in a picture. I admired it, and she sent it to me. Well, somehow on you, it doesn't thrill me. <laughs> Not supposed to thrill you. Now, where's that Rochester? Oh, Rochester! Yes, boy! <laughs> if you don't hurry, we're going without you. I'll be here when you come back with a candle in the window! <laughs> you get out here. Well, come on, Leaping Goose. Let's get our... <laughs> leaping Goose. Let's get our equipment together. Oh, boy, we're going bear hunting. Walking through the snow for three hours. Hey, Leaping Goose, we haven't seen a bear or a moose or anything. Leaping Goose, much embarrassed. His face very red. Well, of course it's red. You're an Indian. Oh. I know how to get a moose. Now, quiet, everybody. Gosh, what's that? That's the mating call of the wild moose. Are you going to marry a moose, Mr. Benny? <laughs> no, I want to shoot one. There are a lot of them around. Well, what do you want to shoot a moose for? He wants to get a hat rack the hard way. I want to get a bear. That's what I want. Now, stick close to me, Mary. Okay. You too, Dennis. Yes, sir. And Rochester. Rochester, keep up with us. I don't want you to get lost in this snow. Who, me? Just stay near us, that's all. Hey, Mr. Benny, what's that? What's what? That little animal sitting on the log over there. Well, I'll be darned. It's a mink. I think that's a skunk, Jack. It is not a skunk. Oh, boss, inhale! <laughs> well, I'll be darned. Run, fellas, run for your lives! Hey, you know what? That really was a skunk. You're telling me. Walk behind us, Dennis. Way behind. <laughs> hey, Leaping Goose, uh, when are you going to find a bear for us? Look, Pale Face, here come man in fur coat. Maybe he help us. Yeah, he might at that. Hey, mister, can you tell us where we can find a... a, a, a... Man in a fork... That's a bear! 
What's the matter with you? Now stand back, everybody. I'm going to advance and shoot him. Oh, be careful, Jack. Boy, it's a big one. I'm going to let him have it right between his eyes. You mean between your eyes. Turn that gun around. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Now watch me get him. (laughs) Watch out, boss. You're getting too close. I don't want to miss him. Here goes. Ready? Aim? (laughs) Well, I'll be... Now listen, Bear. Give me back my gun. Give it back, I say. Pick him up, Mr. Benny. He's got you covered. I've got my hands up. Now, listen, Bear. I didn't come out here to shoot you. I was after a moose. I want to get a hat rack. You got to believe me. Please don't shoot. I'm too young to die. And besides, I'm out of season. You can't do it, I tell you. You can't do it. Now, don't shoot. Don't Have you ever noticed how proud Grandma feels when she sizes up Junior and says, my, my, how he's grown? Well, we feel very much the same way about delicious, toasty brown grape nuts flakes because, boy, how they've grown. Why, the increase in your purchases of grape nuts flakes during the past three years has been more than that of all other ready-to-eat cereals put together. And there's a reason. In fact, two big reasons. First, it's the malty, rich, sweet-as-a-nut flavor of Grape Nuts Flakes. Second, it's the grand nourishment you get from Grape Nuts Flakes. You see, they're a whole grain cereal, bringing you important vital food factors you find in the natural whole wheat, plus extra vitamin B1. Essential food values recommended as part of your daily diet by our National Nutrition Program. So for delicious, nutritious breakfasts, Serve tempting, toasty brown grape nuts flakes, America's fastest growing breakfast cereal. was the last number of the 14th program in the new Grape Nuts Flake series, and we'll be with you again next Sunday night at the same time. We've all had a great time up here in Maine. I want to thank Governor Sewell, City Manager Farnsworth, Colonel Valentine, and all the boys at Dow Field. Say, Mary, before we leave for Boston tomorrow, let's go ice fishing. Ice fishing? Yeah, it's a great sport around here. You cut a hole in the ice, drop in your line with a hook on it, and catch a fish. Anything over a half a pound would pull you right in. Yeah, I guess so. Good night, folks. The Jack Benny program is written by Bill Morrow and Ed Beloit.